Jesus' name. Good morning, Winners Church. Awesome time in the presence of God. Let's just pray. Father, thank you for your mighty presence today. Thank you for the glory of God. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for Jesus and his finished work. Thank you for what you're doing in the midst of Winners Church. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives collectively and individually. Thank you for what you're doing in our families. We believe you for revival. We believe you for the best days that are ahead of us. We trust you, Lord God, for a change in the name of Jesus. And we know that the best is yet to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Rejoice wherever you are. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The best is yet to come. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Our band is on fire. I wish you could see them. These guys are amazing. And that leads me to what we're going to talk about today. Being on fire for God. When is church and all of you are watching, if you are a Christian, if you're not a Christian, it is time to be on fire for God. I had a whole other message I was going to preach. Man, I was thinking about it and I was like, no, this is, this is not it. This is not it. <laughs> and then in the 11th hour, <laughs> uh, I said, okay, what is the Holy Spirit speaking in my spirit? And this is the message. Be on fire for God. Oh, hallelujah. This is what the Spirit is saying to all the churches. This is what the Spirit is saying to Winners Church. Be on fire for God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I'm going to get right into the principles that's going to help you be on fire for God. This is what God is looking for. This is what God expects. This is what the Apostle Paul um, commanded. He said, be fervent in spirit as you serve the Lord. That means be on fire. That means be at a boiling point in your life spiritually. And guess what? That's where we're going. That's where you're going. That's where I'm going. Amen. Some of you may already be there, but if you're not there, you're going to get there in the name of Jesus. So the first thing that needs to happen in order for you to be on fire for God, you need to get into the Word. Yes, there is definitely in this generation, in some circles, not all circles, in some circles, in some cultures, in some hemispheres, a Word deficiency. I have been around people and I know that they have not been in the Word. You want to be on fire for God, you have to be in the Word. Look at what the Lord said to the prophet Jeremiah about his word. Jeremiah 23, 29 says this, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Now, the context of this statement by the Lord, he's rebuking prophets, he's rebuking priests, these phony balonies, he's getting on them, these people who are in error, he's getting on them, these people who are prophesying lies, he's like, yo, I'm tired of this nonsense, kind of like what's going on today. I'm tired of the phony baloney, I'm tired of the carnality, even in ministry, I'm tired of it, and he begins to say some things 
is going to happen. And then one of the things he says is that my word is like fire. So even though there's a lot of corruption in the ministry, even though there's some crazy things going on in Jerusalem, let me tell you something. My word has not changed. My word is a word of fire. My word is like a hammer. And I want to tell you something, that if you're going to be on fire for God, you have to be engaged with the word. You can't worry about this preacher or that preacher, this church or that church, this movement or that movement. You have to be concerned about the word. Hallelujah. God wants his people in his word. So when it's church, we must be a people of the word if we're going to be a people that's in revival. If we're going to be a people that's on fire for God. Hallelujah. Because his word never changes. It's just like him. Hallelujah. Now watch this next verse I'm going to read. This is Jeremiah 29. And this is a statement that the prophet Jeremiah said in a moment of frustration in ministry. You know, sometimes in ministry, you may have a moment of frustration. But like we preached the last two weeks, frustration is leaving you. Amen. Hallelujah. And frustration came, but then it left Jeremiah. And look what he said. He said, in this moment of frustration, so what happened was this guy heard Jeremiah prophesying. He was the chief security officer of the temple in Jerusalem. And he hit Jeremiah. Some translation says that he had him beaten. And then he threw him in jail because of what he was prophesying. So now this is a man of the temple, the chief security of the temple. Some translation says the chief governor of the temple. And he throws the prophet in prison and beats him up. And once he releases him, Jeremiah has a word from the Lord for that, for that uh, chief of security. And he says, you think this is your name? Your name is about to be terror. And begins to prophesy all the evil things, the bad things that, that, that's going to happen to him because of what he has done. Never come against a real prophet. Even if you don't like what they're saying, you don't touch a real prophet. You don't touch God's man or woman who's anointed by heaven. Some people think, oh, I can talk about Pastor Maurice. I can say what I want to say about him. I can do what I want to do with him and think nothing's going to happen. Oh, that is a lie. No, no, no. Oh, he's just one of us. No, no, no. Even though we're all part of the same body, even though we're brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm also standing in the office of a pastor. It's a ministry gift. It's an anointed office. And you have to respect that office. You have to respect the man or woman of God in that office. Amen. And this guy didn't do that. And so in that moment, Jeremiah was like, yo, I'm done with this. And this is what he says. He said, then I said, I will not make mention of him. I ain't going to talk about the Lord no more to these people. Nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. Woo, come on, Jeremiah. He had the word of God inside of him. The word of the Lord was inside of him. And he said, even though I was discouraged, even though I was frustrated with ministry and with these people uh, response to what I'm prophesying from the Lord, he said, you know what? That word in me was like fire. Shut up in my bones. I couldn't contain it. I tried to stop it. I tried to hold it back. I tried not to preach. I tried not to prophesy, but it came rushing out. And when you're on fire for God, guess what? Even when you try to stop it, it's going to come out. Hallelujah. And this is what the Father wants. This is what Jesus wants. He wants you. He wants me to be on fire for him. So that no matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody does, 
our fire is still burning. If you tell people about Jesus and they reject you, don't take it personal. They rejected him. Just find the next person. Amen. You lay hands on somebody, they don't want to see the healing power of God into their body, and they die or they stay sick, don't worry about it. Go for the next person. When it comes to revival, we don't give up. We don't shut up. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We just go forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. So when you get into this fellowship with the word, the fire will burn. That's why the Apostle Paul said in the book of Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of the anointed one, the written word of God, let it dwell in you, let it live in you, let it abide in you. Some of you know you have to get back into the word. Now, I know you hear that every year. Oh, I'm going to get back into my Bible. No, no, no. I'm not talking about, oh, you got to do your little boring Bible reading plan. Nah. <laughs> now, some of you have Bible reading plans. You're sticking with it. Bravo to you, kudos to you. But some of you, you're not a Bible reading plan kind of person. Fine. Jesus never said, do a Bible reading plan every year. <laughs> you know, if that works for you, beautiful. But he wants you to be in his word. So if you're reading the Psalms all year, read the Psalms, but let it burn in you like fire. Get into it in the daytime. Get into it in the nighttime. I know where some of you are because I've been there. I'm still being delivered. As <laughs> soon as you wake up, you look at your phone, see what's on social media. See who texts you. Nah, kill that noise. It's time for you to open your Bible. Open your Bible app. Amen. Because I know most of you don't have a written Bible, but if you do have a handheld Bible, open that too. Or your Bible app and get into the Word. Find the scriptures you love. Find the thing that speaks to you. Get into it. Learn some things you never learned before. Read some about some characters in the Bible. Read some books. One of the things the Holy Spirit has got me reading, which I... Don't know why really. It's First Samuel and Second Samuel. But it has been like, whoo, something amazing reading those two books. I'm in Second Samuel now, almost finishing it up. But read the word. Get into it. Amen. Glory to God. And you're going to be on fire for the Lord. The second thing that you need to do, you need to pray in the Spirit. Come on, somebody. Pray in the Spirit. Look at this scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, from the Apostle Paul. He, now, he's just finished talking about the whole armor of God and how to stand against Satan and all of his attacks. And then he ends it with this scripture in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, that's a lot of words. That's like a run-on sentence. <laughs> but you got to, let's break this down. Let's unpack this. Praying always, which means that you should never stop praying. There's never a season where I'm not praying. No, 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 that's stupid. That's like, that's like you being married and saying, well, I'm in a season and we ain't having sex. I'm in a season I ain't going to love my wife. I ain't going to love my husband. Or that's like your kids saying, you know what, mom, dad, I'm in a season where I'm not really going to obey and honor you right now. I'm not, I'm not feeling that. I'll, I'll get back to it, <laughs> you know, right before Christmas, but I'm not really feeling that right now. <laughs> You'll be like, boy, go to bed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But people do that spiritually with the Lord. I'm not really feeling prayer right now. 
I don't feel like going to the, to the prayer meeting. I don't feel like getting up praying. It's not about what you feel like. It's what you are commanded to do. Pray always. You see your children, if they're Christians, and they're not praying, you tell them, boy, get up and pray. Girl, get up and pray. Or did you pray today? Oh, yeah, mom. Nah, you got you to start examining. I, you got to say, I'm not talking about your, your, your baby prayers, your, your prayers where you say, now lay me down to sleep. No. Have you prayed today? Have you sought God today? Have you gone to the presence of God today? And you'll know if your kids are praying. You'll know if your spouse is praying. And you got to start encouraging your people to pray. Your husband, your wife, your children, your sister, your brother, your friend who's saved. Say, listen, we got to pray. All this chilling, hanging out. I know we've been in a pandemic. Everybody want to go to the restaurants. Everyone wants to hang out. Everyone wants to travel. Wonderful. Do it. Enjoy yourself. Eat your heart out. Travel till you can't travel no more. But in all your traveling, in all your eating, in all your hanging out, make sure you are praying. Hallelujah. Because you're not going to be on fire for God if you have not prayed. Oh, hallelujah. And he said, with all prayer, that literally means with all kinds of prayer. And so if you are a person who says you know God, you should study prayer. You should understand there's different kinds of prayers. There's a prayer of petition. There's a prayer of faith. There's a prayer of supplication. There's a prayer of intercession. The prayer of thanksgiving. All kinds of prayer out there. The prayer of consecration. The Bible says that your prayer life should be all those prayers. If you're praying just one line of prayer, your prayer life was going to end up being boring. Oh, there you go. For that person who says, why is my prayer life boring? Because you, don't, you ain't praying all the prayers. There's all kinds of prayers out there. And those prayers apply to different situations and different things. Amen. You should be praying for yourself. You should be praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ. You should be praying for the government, praying for your city, praying for your neighborhood. You know, you can stop a lot of rapes. You can stop a lot of domestic violence by just praying. Not saying, oh, isn't that sad that girl got killed down the block from us? Wait a minute. Somebody's getting killed and there's a Christian down the block? No, 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 no. Start praying for your neighborhood. I pray for my buildings. I mean, the, the building I live in, I pray for the floor. And then I pray for the rest of the building. And then I pray for all the other buildings in our circle. And then I pray for the whole Rochdale. Oh, yeah. I'm releasing my faith. I'm releasing the power of prayer. I pray for our protection. I pray for, uh, against domestic violence. I pray against um, all kind of thievery. I pray. I pray for my bloodline on my father's side, the bloodline on my mother's line. Not only for us now, but for those that are to come. I pray. There's a whole bunch to pray about. Oh, anything to pray about. Oh, there's a lot to pray about. By the time you get finished praying, you're going to be like, oh my God, there's still more to pray about. <laughs> you can't be in the spirit of prayer and never say, I don't have nothing to pray about. There's always something to pray about. Thank you, Jesus. And God is calling you, calling me into the spirit of prayer. That's the spirit of revival. That's what makes you on fire for God. Ooh, come on, somebody. And he says, in and supplication means make your requests, ask God for things in the spirit. In other words, don't just pray from your head, 
Pray from your heart. Pray being led by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will wake you up and say, nah, you ain't doing your prayer list today. We're praying about this. You may intend to pray about this person. And God said, no, pray about that person. I, amen. Or you may have prayed five minutes for somebody and the Holy Ghost says, no, 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 keep praying for another 20 minutes for that person. Oh, come on. Thank you, Jesus. When you pray in the Spirit, that means you're in tune with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit and you are working together, releasing the Father's will through prayer, covering people through prayer. Amen. Glory be to God. We have got to pray. We have so many good results with people in our church not getting COVID because we released and we activated Psalm 91 91 in prayer. Everybody who's born again does not hold Psalm 91 to to that place of elevation like we do. And we've seen some great protection. But guess what I noticed? We started kind of easing up on Psalm 91. You know, it's been over a year. The pandemic, you know, is almost over. People are getting vaccinated. And guess what? Two people significant people in our church got COVID. Thank God they're recovering, but they got it. We wasn't hearing those stories before. And then Pastor Patrick, he just, some of you already know, he broke his leg in three, in three places. So I said, oh, you know, that just happened. No, it didn't just happen. That's a freak accident. That's not God. That should not have happened. I told him, you know, this shouldn't have happened. He said, I agree. It shouldn't have happened. And it's not God's fault. Somebody said, oh, it's just a fallen world. Things happen. Nah, nah, nah. We don't believe in that. <laughs> we believe the angel given charge of us and our foot shall not dash. It's, we shall not dash our foot against a stone. You know what that means? No broken bones. So somewhere we missed it. But guess what? We back on it. Psalm 91. Woo! The blood of Jesus. The glory of God. I'm not one of those pastors that's like, oh, everybody dying, everything breaking up, and then we start praying and crying. Nah. We prevent things in the name of Jesus. We keep things from happening in the name of Jesus. Now, we thank God it wasn't as bad as it could have been, but no, no, no. Jesus ain't into you out of work for six weeks. <laughs> that just messes up. That gives me more work. Nah, that, that ain't revival. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Now, nah, Pastor Patrick's still going to do his job from home. But that shouldn't have happened. And you have to get into the spirit where things should not happen. Praise the Lord. Your child should not get cancer and die before you. Your child should not die in a freak car accident because a drunk driver hit them. I don't care if, if it's 20 drunk drivers on the road. The angel of the Lord will protect your kid. Amen. And protect you. That's what we believe I don't care if a thousand viruses hit the planet. It shall not come near you. Amen. A thousand will fall at your your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Is that the word? And when you have that in you, it'll be like fire. And you better pray it. You know, I was laying in my bed and the Holy Spirit gave me some points, I guess, for a message on prayer. I mean, I woke up, I heard him. He said, and I knew this was like a, a point, pray like you have a covenant with God. So many people are praying like they're some pauper. And God is not pleased. Pray like you have a covenant with God. 
But you can't pray like you have a covenant with God if you're not in the word. Because you won't know the covenant. The covenant is in the word. That's why the devil wants to keep you out of the word. Jesus said, there are three things that choke the word out of you. The cares of this world, you worry about everything and everybody. The deceitfulness of riches, running after money. And you know God wants you to be paid, but he don't want you running after it. And then the third thing, the desire of other things. Jesus says those three things choke the word out of you. Say, Lord, I won't let the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things choke your word out of me. You have to keep making that commitment over and over because the world and the devil will come after your spiritual life, come after the fire of God in you. The devil and his demons don't want to see you on fire. Why do you think they keep tempting you to sin over and over again? Why do you think they, they try to plague you with all kind of uh, uh, addictions and issues in your life? Because they know those impurities damper the fire. Somebody shout, deliverance! Yes, that's what we have and that's what we need. Pray, pray, pray in the spirit. And it says, being watchful to this end. Pay attention to what's going on. So many people are unalert spiritually. They're not paying attention. They're not looking at what's happening. With all perseverance. In other words, don't give up. Well, I've been praying this prayer a thousand times. Keep going. And supplication for all the saints. Don't just pray for the people you like. Pray for the people you don't like. <laughs> I pray for people who left when the church or people who are leaving when the church. I pray for people who are disrespectful to our church. Pray for all the saints. I pray for their kids. Yes, pray for all the saints. Thank you, Jesus. And especially for those in your circle. Pray for them. Pray for the strong ones. Pray for the weak ones. Pray for the carnal ones. Pray for the spiritual ones. Pray for everybody. Just pray. Amen? And the last thing I'll say about this, pray until you see things happen. And then pray some more. Thank you, Jesus. Number three, talk about being on fire for God, praise God a lot. Praise God a lot. Another thing I've seen in this generation, not so much in our, well, even in our, some of our Pentecostal churches, um, there's a lot of flesh praise. It's not real praise. I can watch people dance, shout, yell, scream, and I can discern this is in the flesh or the spirit. And so much stuff is in the flesh now. It's, it's, ugh, it's just disgusting in the spirit. Oh, you just criticizing everybody. No, I'm not criticizing. If you've been in the spirit, like I have, you've been in an atmosphere of real praise, you know the difference between the spirit and the flesh? A lot of flesh going on. But we are entering into the spirit of praise. But another thing that's going on in this generation is a lot of people are not praising at all. 
People are not thanking God. They're not, they're complaining. They're griping. They're, they're talking about this. They're arguing about that. They're, they're fighting on Facebook, fighting on Instagram, or they're just uh, uh, doing this and doing that. But who's praising God? Who's praising God? We need to praise God. Now, thank God for these new collectives like uh, Maverick Music and um, Elevation Worship and uh, Bethel and Hillsong and all these other groups rising up to lead us into worship. You know why? Because worship makes a difference. This is what the Father really wants. When you go to heaven, that's what you're going to be doing, worshiping. Amen. Praising God. That's why the biggest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms. What is it? The book of praise. God wants people to praise him. The Bible says, let everything that has breath, what? Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath, what? Praise the Lord. Do you have breath? Then you should be praising him. Watch this. Jesus has gone to the cross. He's resurrected from, from, from the dead. He takes the disciples out to this place called Bethany. And the Bible says that he lifts his hands and he blesses them. While he's blessing them, this is amazing. While he's blessing him, he literally is ascending into heaven. This is what we call the ascension. Theologically, we call it the ascension. After the resurrection came the ascension. So he's going up to heaven where he will be, perma where he will be permanently. And he's blessing them. And the Bible says that after, while that's happening, they begin to worship Jesus. Luke 24, verse 52 says, And they worshiped him and returned to, to Jerusalem with great joy. You want great joy in your life? Be a worshiper. You want great joy in your life? Focus on Jesus and worship him. Hallelujah. And watch this. And were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. They were what? Continually in the temple praising and blessing God, amen. And so if you want to be on fire for God, you have to be a person that praises God continuously. You have to praise God a lot. God loves praise. The Bible says that God dwells or lives in the praises of his people. And so when it's church, we are going to return to praise. Hallelujah. I remember when I was a teenager, I heard the late um, Archbishop Roy Brown preach this sermon. I think I was around 16, and I heard it on the radio. I was like, oh, I want to go to his church. And um, I've never actually been to the, well, I did go to the church, actually, years later. But he preached this message that I still have not forgotten, and I'm 48 years old. So what's the, what's the math? 48 minus 16. That's uh, 32, right? Yeah, 32 years. 32 years ago, I heard him preach a message that I have not forgotten, and the message was, let's return to praise. Let's return to praise. And this church was already a praising church, but he wanted them to praise even more. And one of the um, things that uh, his church movement, the Pilgrim Assemblies was known for, was being a church of praise. They had some of the most anointed music, some of the anointed singing. And God is saying that, the Spirit is saying that to the churches, let's return to praise. 
Hallelujah. God wants you to lift your voices and lift your hands wherever you are. And he wants you to praise him. He wants you to do it in the morning time. He wants you to do it in the evening time. He wants you to do it on your job. Do it on your coffee break. Do it wherever you are. Begin to praise God continuously. And you'll be on fire for him. Amen. Don't let the devil stop you from praising God. Watch this other scripture. This is the, this is the Apostle Paul. Hebrews 13, 15 to 16. He says, therefore by him, talking about through Jesus Christ, let us, what? Continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Now, um, you know, a lot of churches I've been to, everybody, when, I, when, I, when, I, when they would quote this scripture, they say, oh, give God the sacrifice of praise. Meaning that if you don't feel like praising God, go ahead and praise him. That sounds nice, and that is still a true principle, but that's not what this is talking about. Paul is writing to Hebrew people. These are Jewish Christians, and they understand about sacrificing, taking animals and killing it and bringing it on the altar as a sacrifice to the Lord. And Paul is saying, we ain't doing that no more. Jesus was the last sacrifice in terms of animal sacrifice. He's the lamb that was slain. That's it. He says what God wants right now, he wants a sacrifice of praise. That is, and now he explains what it is, that is the fruit of your lips giving thanks to his name. God wants you to open your mouth. Please, oh, I praise God in my heart. Uh-uh. Ain't no praise God in my heart. That is the fruit of your lips. The fruit of your what? The fruit of your what? Lips. Giving thanks to his name. And then verse 16 says this, watch. But do not forget to do good and to share. In other words, be generous. Don't be a miser financially. And he says, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So first of all, giving is a form of sacrifice, form of worship and praise. But he's talking about the actual giving thanks, the actual rejoicing. He said that's a sacrifice that God is well pleased with. He don't want no bulls. He don't want no goats. He don't want no doves, no pigeons. He wants your praise. And when you give him your praise, that fire of his presence mixed with your praise, it's going to be a combustion. No one will be able to stop you. When it's church, no one will have to pump you to praise. Oh, hallelujah. Our God is a consuming fire. When you praise the consuming fire, what do you think is going to happen? Fire is going to fall on your life. I want to know if you've been praising by the fire I see. Number four, fully surrender. The thing that squashes the fire of God in your life is an unsurrendered life. Now, I know you've been born again and you've received the forgiveness of sins and you're on your way to heaven. Praise the Lord. Your name is written in the book of life. But it's possible to be born again, have your sins forgiven, and still not have a surrendered life. It's possible to sing that beautiful hymn, I surrender all, and I have a surrendered life. Trust me, I've been there.
Surrender. Give up what you want to do. Give up your sin. Give up your carnality and surrender to Christ. The Bible says it's high time. Wake up. Get up out of your slumber. Awake to righteousness. Come on, somebody. It's time to be on fire for God. Listen, your life's going to be so good. You're going to be so happy when you walk in this fire and not in that, and not in that carnality. The Bible says that the carnal mind is death, but the spiritual mind is life and peace. Don't you want life and peace? You got to be spiritual. You got to be on fire. You got to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. No to temptation and yes to the way of escape. Oh yeah, I know. Some of you don't want the way of escape. I want to enjoy this lust. I want to enjoy this sin. I want this dirt on me. It's fun. <laughs> but like the Bible says, pleasures of sin for a season. It never lasts forever. Ask every drug addict. Ask every sex addict. Ask the adulterer. Ask the fornicator. Ask the thief. It never lasts. Don't waste your life playing with sin. Don't waste your life doing things your way. Surrender. I'm too young to surrender. No, you're not. (laughs) Surrender and you'll be blessed. The fact is, there's no more time to waste. Whatever it is, you need to surrender. Surrender it. Stop being self-willed in the presence of God. Some of you may say, Pastor Maurice, I don't really know how to surrender. Say, Lord, give me grace to surrender. Give me grace to say yes to you, to obey you, not to have good intentions, but to surrender. To be like the Apostle Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's not just preacher talk. That's for every believer. Here's a scripture that I used to hear all the time growing up. I don't even preach it that much, but I'm preaching it right now. Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, come on holiness churches, (laughs) acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, you ain't do nothing big by being holy. Pastor Maurice ain't do nothing big by not having somebody in his bed. By not privately having a uh, a sescapade on the side. It ain't happening. So if you wondered, no need to wonder no more. It ain't happening. It could happen, but it ain't happening. Oh, you know, there's somebody. There ain't nobody. Me and Jesus in my house. <laughs> hey. Whoa, glory to God. <laughs> hey, thank you, Jesus. I don't boast. This is grace keeping me. Amen. You can live holy. One of the greatest compliments I got from somebody, they said one of the reasons why I, I'm keeping myself 
This person's married is because of how you live your life. Oh, touched me deeply. Your life is an example to others. You're either causing others to stay strong or you're causing them to stumble. People ask me, when you see preachers living all kinds of sexual sin, do you feel tempted? No. I don't care what they're doing. I'm living for Jesus. Hey, come on, somebody. Glory to God. It's your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. You've got to surrender. And the last thing, stir up your gift. You want to be a fire for God? Stir it up. So I say, stir it up. 2 Timothy 1.6. This is Paul writing to a young pastor. This is right before that uh, um, scripture when he says, um, uh, for God I give you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And watch what he says. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. All of you, especially in charismatic ministry, you've had hands laid upon you. You've received impartations. You've received wonderful anointings. you receive wonderful blessings. Some of you have gotten spiritual gifts just from the Lord speaking to you. God is saying to you, stir it up. Stop letting your gift lie around. Stop letting your gift be dormant. Stir it up. This is part of being on fire for God. I've given you something with which to bless the world. Use it. One translation says, fan the flames of your gift. Your gift is a fire gift, and God wants you to fan those flames. That means put some charcoal in there. Get that fire going. Pour that oil on it. Get that fire going. People need to see your gift. See your divine ability. See the grace that God has given you. That's part of being on fire for God. And also you can be on fire for God and you're in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a hole somewhere hiding. In the cave of Adullam. No. Get out there. And show the world. That's why Jesus said, let your what? Light so shine. Let your fire shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The purpose of you being on fire for God is to give glory to God. Amen. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Challenging word, but the word of the Lord for you. And I know that you will rise to the occasion and you're going to be on fire for God in this season of your life. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what assignments, what agenda you have. Be on fire for God. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. If you have a problem in your right wrist, turn it. Jesus is healing you now to the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Lord. If you have had heart palpitations, touch your heart and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Oh, yeah. Jesus healing your heart now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I give you glory. Anybody, you've had uh, migraine headaches, touch your head now and say, be healed. Migraine headache, go. Don't return. In the name of Jesus. Sinuses. 
sinuses, sinuses. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Receive the healing anointing for your sinuses right now. I don't care what it is. Touch your, touch your sinus area and say, be healed in Jesus' name. I receive my healing for sinus. Deliverance from sinus problems now in Jesus' name. You don't have to suffer anymore. By his stripes, you were healed. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. The fire of God is moving. Some of you have some addictions. I break it over you now in the name of Jesus. I know. Jesus knows. His compassion, his loving is broken now over you in Jesus' name. Say, I'm free. Just shout. Every time the devil tempts you, say, I'm free. I'm free. When the sun says free, it's free indeed. I'm free. I don't feel free. I'm free. I don't look free. I'm free. In Jesus' name. Shout it. Demons hate for you to scream, I'm free. If you're watching and not saved, Jesus loves you. And Jesus has died for you and rose again from the dead for you. Just say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I surrender my life to you. And I receive your forgiveness for my sins. I don't want to die. Say it. I don't want to die and go to hell. I receive you as my Savior right now. In Jesus' name, I've just been born again. I've just been saved. You are now the Lord of my life. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. Congratulations. If you're watching and you're not saved, and you prayed that prayer for the first time, welcome to the family of God. We celebrate heaven. We celebrate with heaven that you've given your life to Jesus. Glory be to God. Amen. As you heard, Pastor Patrick um, broke his leg in three places. He's operation. By the time you're watching it, he will have had the operation. Um, and he will, will already be in recovery. But I want you to pray for him to have a speedy recovery. All of you, pray. The prayer groups are praying. Other the women are praying. But everybody watching, pray for Pastor Patrick to have a speedy recovery and that everything will be put back in place and better than before. In Jesus' name, amen. And take this as a sign that you need to pray for your leaders, their protection, their safety, everything. In Jesus' name. All right, we're going to take the offering. Um, you should see on the screen um, the four ways to give. You can give by text, you can give by online, you can give by mail, and you can give by uh, cash app. <laughs> Make sure it's the right cash app. Don't be giving the money to somebody else. But anyway, we want you to give. Um, thank you for all of your generosity. But some of you I know, you haven't been generous. You haven't been consistent. But I'm not going to spend time rebuking you, getting on you. I'm going to say, you know what to do. Get on fire for God. Because when you're on fire for God, generosity is never a problem. When you're on fire for God, you will not cheat the kingdom. You will not withhold from your local church. Because giving is a discipleship issue. Giving is a fire issue. And so, really, we need to get you on fire for God so that you can give faithfully. You can tithe, you can give in Jesus' name. 
And I want to encourage you to be a giver. Some of you, I already know, I don't have to tell you, the Holy Spirit has been telling you to be a giver. He has been telling you to be a tither. He's telling you to be consistent. And so I want you to obey his voice and to give to your local church in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. I bless you. Your best days are ahead of you. The best is yet to come for all of us. We're going to have an amazing week in the name of Jesus. Come on and worship. Um, worship. Welcome our worship team. Amen. See you next week. Hallelujah. Winners Church, come on, just lift your hands.